Hello and welcome to another episode of Between Here and There. This is Sean. Hi, this is Charlotte. This is Summer. And we're sitting here in the studio with all of our masks on. Mm-hmm. That's why we sound a little bit different today. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, it's a uh, masky voice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. At least we're not going to be my... No more of that. Yes. Automatic filter right here. Yeah. My glasses are fogging up too. Seriously. Me too. I'm sweating Maybe you should take them off. Okay. Yeah. So this show, um, firstly, is brought to you by Boro Pharmaceuticals. Yeah. And this fantastic product that I have in my hands is called Chocolat BB. Yeah. And just to set the record straight. We've been saying it wrong this whole time. <laughs> it's not BB Chocolat. It's it, Chocolat BB. It's Chocolat BB and it doesn't have any chocolate in it. <laughs> <laughs> what saying? it has, it doesn't have chocolate, but it has vitamin B and also collagen. Yes. And those of you not living in Taiwan must be so sick of hearing this. And you're like, where can I get this? Well, you can get it in Taiwan and in Japan. Yeah. But it's, it's, it's great because if you ever have like canker sores and stuff, you just take some of this. No, I think this it's more like, about being pretty, you know, to be energetic, have good skin, good skin. and like, you know, collagen. Collagen is good for the elasticity of your skin, right? Uh-huh, uh-huh. As a guy, okay. canker sores. <laughs> no, but, but it's very You important. want nice skin too, right? Yeah, and also like when you wear like the mask for a very long time, yeah. you a lot of collagens, when you take off the mask, you won't have like, um, you know, stripes on your face. Are you serious? Yeah, because you're all full of like nice collagens under your skin. Whoa. Mm-hmm. Well, that's reason enough to get it. <laughs> Uh, any it's, local it, pharmacy. Yes, yeah. any local pharmacy. Ask for it by name, Chocolat BB. It's great. So, I mean, I take it when I get cancer sores. Okay. And you get good skin as a side benefit. I mean, how about that? <laughs> okay. so how often do you get cancer sores? Not yeah, very you, often you now. Keep talking about that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, let's uh, go on okay. with the show. All right, get on with the show. <laughs> So this show is called The Story of Us. And if you clicked into this show, thank you for listening to us so far. It probably means that uh, you are one of our loyal listeners. And, um, and there's a reason why we're calling it The Story of Us. And it has to do with, uh, well, all of us, but principally also because of summer. Yeah, right summer, here. take yes. it away. I'm leaving tomorrow, so that's why we're recording in the midst of this crazy time. It's because it's like my second to last day in Taiwan, mm-hmm. and I'm... You've been here for... Eight months. Eight months. It felt like a year. Yeah. 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 But, but it you, also felt like one month. It went by so fast. Yeah. And I got to say, you have an uncanny sense of timing. <laughs> right. Yeah, you, let's, yeah. Let's talk about the time right now. What's happening? Yeah. Yeah. The COVID cases are rising by a lot, and we're in phase three right now. Yeah. Everyone's basically in lockdown. Yeah, and it's untraceable. Like before, we always knew like how the uh, how is um, contaminating. Where is it coming from? But now we're having like just sporadic cases everywhere. Yes, it's crazy. Yes, and so summer came back dr- right when COVID was hitting its peak in the U.S. Right, yes. its first peak actually. Yes. Right. And uh, she came to the one of the safest places in the world, mm-hmm. Taiwan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But for her, being a very, very foreign place. Yes. Right, it's a place that you came back several times to visit as mm-hmm. a kid, mm-hmm. but never really lived here. Yeah. 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 It's the longest I've ever lived here. Yes. Alone, too. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, alone also. Yes. At the ripe old age of uh, 18. 19. Ni- oh, 19. <laughs> wow. Yes. Well, you celebrated your birthday here. I yeah. Did. Yes, yeah. I did. Uh-huh. First time away from my family. Uh-huh. Yeah. And... And now you're leaving us mm-hmm. right when we're hitting our peak here in Taiwan. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, boy. Yes. Well, how has it been for you? 
the past eight months? It's been good. Um, you know, there have been highs and there have been lows, but I'd say overall, I'm glad I took a gap year and this was a good decision. Yeah. Did you learn a lot of things that you are, are you, are you getting Harvard ready? I'd say I'm getting real life ready, adult ready. Not so like academically, but more like independent, uh, being on my own, doing adult things. Uh Um, Just one of the biggest things that I think is underrated is learning how to spend time with yourself too. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because in college, you're surrounded by so many people Mm -hmm. and you don't get a lot of alone time. But Mm -hmm. during my gap year, I had so much alone time. Mm -hmm. Mm. So help us retrace our steps a little bit back to the story of you. Mm -hmm. What brought you back here in the first place? And just fill us in really quickly on what are some of the major highs and lows? Right. So I came back here because the COVID situation. That's the only reason why I came back. I took a gap year because of COVID. And I came back to Taiwan because I had family here and it was very, very safe. Like when I came here, there were barely any cases, probably like one or maybe zero in September. Mm -hmm. Um, And if you listen to my first episode in season one promo, (laughs) (laughs) uh, I was... Uh, maybe like a month into my time in Taiwan. And I was struggling a little bit because my internship had gotten canceled and I kind of didn't have a sense of direction of what I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. And so back then I was feeling a little lost. But soon after, I actually got involved with this podcast and it gave me a new sense of direction. It really, really defined what I did during my gap year. And I've really, really enjoyed working with you guys. Um, learning more about myself and being a better speaker, interviewing other cool people. It's just been really, really amazing. And so that's kind of like the biggest thing I did consistently throughout my gap year. Mm. And now looking back, you said you're really happy that you did your gap year. Yes. And you said there were a few things that you learned. Mm -hmm. You said for real life. I mean, not just for college. Yes. And one of them is uh, learning how to spend time by yourself. Mm-hmm. And what are some of the other things? That you oh, learned? I can I can think of one. <laughs> how, how to use an EpiPen pen on yourself? <laughs> Actually, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so EpiPens usually uh, aren't they designed so that you can administer yes, yourself? Yes, but I've never used it on myself because I haven't had an allergy attack in a very long time. Oh, really? And when I did, it was when I was young, and my dad did it for me. Wow. I mean, she's only like 18, 19 years old. Yes. I mean, how many times do you have to use an EpiPen on so, yourself when you're eighteen yeah. or nineteen? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Background story: I'm yeah. actually very, very allergic to nuts and peanuts and nuts. So I have an anaphylactic reaction and it just so happens in Taiwan, I brought two EpiPens here and I had to use two EpiPens. Yeah. So I ran out. (laughs) But I think it was a really traumatic moment, right? You had to call home and go, I have to stab myself with this EpiPen. How do you do it? I'm like, mom, I I can't breathe right now. You've never done this before. No. And so when you have had your first attack, and obviously it's very easy to get nuts here in Taiwan because they put peanuts in everything. Yes, it's insane. Yeah, and things you wouldn't expect, right? Yes. Even appearing in ice cream on top of ice cream. In sushi. Yes, that's, <laughs> how, that's how I got the second one. You had a peanut roll sushi. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I think the people in Japan be like, what? Yeah, peanuts? why are you putting peanuts in sushi? <laughs> people in Japan are shaking their heads. Peanuts with right raw now. fish? <laughs> that's so gross. That is a disgrace. <laughs> so, so, so what happened? I mean, you started feeling the attack come on? and Yes, first time I started feeling the attack come on and... Um, I was like, oh my gosh, I think I have to use the EpiPen. And I was at home. So I just kind of held my breath, stabbed it in my leg, and everything was fine after that. So the first attack, everything went smoothly. I just, you know, injected the EpiPen, lay down, had, you know, a few side effects, 
Uh-huh. It was tired, a little cold, uh-huh. and then took about two days to recover. Wow. So after that, I was like, okay, this is not bad. I like, I trust myself to use this EpiPen. Hopefully, I don't have to use it another time. <laughs> <Wait>. <laughs> and then, yeah, that, two months later, I was out eating sushi. I was Again. at one of those. It was at one of those conveyor belt places. Yeah. I was just, I was in a rush that day. Went to eat a really quick lunch uh-huh. um, by myself. It was near my house, um, and there was peanut powder, Hwashenfen, in my hand roll, and I immediately felt the effects. And I was like, I went to the bathroom right away. I was like throwing up, but and I hoped throwing up would make me feel better, uh-huh. but it didn't. And so I literally like ran home. I was feeling. Oh, you didn't terrible. have it on you. Um. I had the EpiPen on me, but I didn't want to do it in the restaurant. Oh, okay. So I went home. I ran home while I was, like, having trouble breathing. Mm. Um, And I was like, you know what? It's fine. As long as I do this EpiPen, it's going to be okay. Like, I just trusted this EpiPen. Um, So I lay down on my bed, stabbed my leg, and, of course, I hit a vein. Blood went everywhere. Like, it looked like a murder scene in my room. I was freaking out. I was like, what is going on? And it was painful, dude. There was, like, this huge lump on my leg. Oh. Um... And I was like, no. And on top of like feeling awful and not being able to breathe, I had to like go clean up my sheets and like <laughs> scrub the rug <laughs> from with the blood. So that <sighs> would that count as one of the highs or lows? <laughs> it was definitely adrenaline rushing. No, but but the interesting thing is you called you actually your parents while you're doing the EpiPen. Yes. Can you imagine how worried the parents yes. are? You're like, mom and dad, I can't breathe. Yeah. How do I do this? Yes. And it, this was like 2 a.m. for my mom. She was like, oh, hello. Mm. I'm like, I'm sleepy. What's going on? I'm like, mom, I'm having an allergy attack. Parents' nightmare, getting midnight phone calls from their children when they're not living with them. Yes. Okay? Oh, yeah. I've gotten one of those too. Yes. Oh yeah. <laughs> wow. I haven't gotten those yet. But my kids are still, you know, only 10. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> now, now they're going to stay with you forever. <laughs> so I got to say, I mean, from a parent's point of view, your parents were, uh, you know, they, they had to do a brave thing sending you off to Taiwan yeah. when you've never really lived even alone by yourself before. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I've had experience with sleepaway camps during the summer, but this is the longest time. But I think... Obviously, they were worried. I'm, maybe they were more worried than they let on because I'm sure they missed me. But on the outside, they seemed pretty cool about it. Um, mm. But the thing is, I also still call my parents like every day every, mm. or every other day. Yeah you, yeah, you realize how close she is with her parents. I am very close <laughs> with my parents. Mm. She she can't. You, you talk to Summer like every like ten sentences, you'd be like, "Oh yeah, my mom did this. My mom say this. This is what my mom like." <laughs> well, that's great. I, I remember in our first interview. And where you talked about how you were, you were raised in this environment where you were encouraged to say what you felt, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And that's, that made you more emotionally connected. Mm-hmm. And you, uh, uh, you thought that that was one of the hallmarks of Western education. So right. in one of our previous episodes talking about Western yes. versus Eastern parenting, yes. you're like, well, that's Western parenting. Yeah. And now that you've been here for eight months, has anything changed for you? in terms of how you view Taiwan culture, how you view yourself with Taiwan culture? Hmm, that's an interesting question. I think I'm definitely more open. I mean, even just a few weeks ago, we had our interview with Jane, and I was still feeling a little bit out, like a fish out of water with Taiwan culture. I was in that phase where a lot of things 
especially like communication wise, weren't making sense with me. Um, but now I'm looking at Taiwan culture and I feel like I'm a little bit more accepting mm-hmm. and, and I feel more, uh, not empathy, but maybe just a, a better understanding of where people are coming from. Mm-hmm. Tell me about some of the most Taiwan moments that you had in your past eight months. <laughs> <laughs> and besides Ooh, the, okay. you know, peanut in the in this hand <laughs> Sushi. <roll>. <laughs> that is pretty, very Taiwanese. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. You know, in Taiwan, we like to take uh, food from all over the world uh-huh. and then kind of localize it. Mm. So, so there's and like... put peanuts on it. Yeah. <laughs> Either uh, that or taro. <laughs> yes, taro and peanuts. <laughs> or like red bean. Red yeah, beans on yeah. everything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, what are some of the things that you learned, for example, about Taiwan or your own identity since you've been back? Hmm. Taiwan-wise, I'm not sure I learned a lot more than what I used to know. I'm thinking just little things like I used to be annoyed when people would immediately recognize me as American because my skin was a little bit more tan. Mm. Just little things like that growing up. And now I'm like, okay, yeah, whatever, it's okay. Um, and now I feel like my Chinese has improved a lot, so I'm able oh. to converse mm. with people more, mm-hmm. and, which is which is pretty nice. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Also, the way that Taiwanese people talk sometimes, they're very, like, loud. Uh, <laughs> like, even when you're talking to strangers, like, oh, my God, hi. <laughs> and then, um, like, oh, hi, hi, hi. Uh, but... I mean, it, you sounded totally American. Americans can be pretty loud. That's true. That's true. Um, but, yeah, I, yeah, Taiwan, I feel like I've just become better immersed in the culture. And mm-hmm. I say the biggest change is probably more within myself Mm -hmm. rather than Taiwan. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's, I think the biggest thing I struggled with was with friendships and loneliness. Mm -hmm. I knew going Mm -hmm. into my gap year that I was going to be lonely at times and I was going into a place where there might not be a lot of of people my age. Um, And it was true like that in the beginning. But Taiwan started to have an even greater gap year community, probably like after New Year's. Yes. and I really, really wanted to kind of join that community, but mm-hmm. I slowly figured out, not slowly, kind of suddenly figured out that the way to f- meet people was through clubbing. And I don't like clubbing myself. Mm. I tried it when I came here. Mm. I really wanted to be a part of that culture, but I just couldn't and I didn't yeah. want to force myself to. Mm-hmm. Um, and it really did suck at times because the loneliness you feel, let's say when there's n- no community here, you're mm-hmm. like, okay, well, this is okay because you know there really isn't a place, you know, people for me to meet and I'm right. okay with being alone. But the loneliness that I felt was there were people out there that I knew I could possibly be meeting. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure it was a little bit of my fault too. Like I probably could have reached out to people more, but it yeah. was also like, I didn't want to force myself to go out and meet people in a way that, that I didn't feel comfortable with. Yeah. And mm. so it, it, it was a struggle at times because I saw like some people that I followed on Instagram, they were meeting all these new people all the time every weekend and I wasn't. Um, so I think that was one of the biggest struggles for me, but I'm at a place where I, I'm okay with that now. Is that, is that, is that what we, that's one of the episodes we talked about, the COVID FOMO. Yes, yes. <laughs> you start looking at like other people like, wow, they're making so many friends. They're doing mm-hmm. all these things, yes. but I'm not. So yes. you kind of suffer from the COVID FOMO, right? Yeah, Well, yeah. the fact is that not everybody loves clubbing. And mm. in fact, I would even say that in the general population, I would venture to guess that more than half of the people would not enjoy clubbing. 
Mm. Yeah, but it's just a certain subset, or maybe you know the people that that you saw the Instagram or people that you were connected with. Yes. they happen to develop most of the connections through clubbing. Yeah, but you know, there I've heard similar things from people that have attended the. Um, uh, there used to be a program called the Love Boat. <laughs> yeah, Love Boat. Right, the Jian Tan program. Yeah. And with the Love Boat, everyone talks about you know hopping the fence late at night and yeah. go and sneaking off to go yeah. clubbing. Right, this is back in the 1980s yeah, and 90s. Yeah, really, really dating yourself, but it's okay. We're talking about this program. <laughs> well, you know, some of our listeners may even have attended it for all we know. Right? And, I mean, there's there's a book about it. There's an upcoming movie about it. Uh-huh. So obviously, it's left its mark in in Taiwan culture, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But most of the people talk about it like, oh, you know, we used to go clubbing and all that. But there were a lot of people that attended that Jian Tan, Jiu Guo Tan kind of program, mm-hmm. without ever going clubbing. They actually mm-hmm. they stayed in. And there was just as much of a story, like within mm-hmm. the dorms of people mm-hmm. hanging out, mm-hmm. you know. So, I mean, what you're talking about, I, I, I could definitely identify with. Mm-hmm. This is coming from someone who is a nightclub DJ. Yeah, yes. I was about to say. <laughs> yeah. Do, you, do yeah. you like clubbing? I mean, or, or do you like being a DJ? I like being a DJ. So, I don't necessarily always like clubbing. Oh, yeah. wow. Mm. Totally get that. Yeah. And, and I mean, that's not a sellout phrase. Uh-huh. In fact, I'm, I'm saying this because the older I get, the more I realize that I like a certain vibe and a certain type of music and a certain crowd. And when, you know, there are different crowds depending on what club you go to mm-hmm. and what DJ is playing, what kind of music. You know, it totally changes the experience. And not every time I go out now, I have a good time. Yeah. Yeah. And so for me, it's like, well, you know, unless I'm playing, I'm working, right? I get paid and I could, I could also comp my friends. That's yeah. good. <laughs> but, but some people really enjoy being in a big group kind of setting. Like, oh, yes. You know, yeah, some, some people, people are do. more um, small group kind of people. Like, yeah. I, I would say I, I'm like that. People think I'm very, like, I'm an extrovert. But me I, too. Yes. Yeah, but, actually, but you're I, not? I, I would say I have my introvert, introvert moments. Me you're too. Absolutely. an ambivert. Yeah. What, what is that called? It's like what is ambivert. Between. between. Like, yeah. like amphibian. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like ambidextrous. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I think a lot of people have the perception that very bubbly, extrovert, seemingly social people are extroverted and love big groups, but I thrive in a small group setting. Same here. So, also, Summer, yeah. how did you overcome that feeling of loneliness in the beginning? Hmm. I, you know, honestly, in the beginning, I just stayed at home because I didn't know what else to do. But I'm like, after a while, I'm like, Summer, you really need to like get over yourself and start planning your days and doing stuff alone. Like, you just need to go out there and do stuff, even though Mm -hmm. it's kind of out of your comfort zone. Mm -hmm. So I started planning every day to a T, like what time I would go to this cafe. So yeah, I started cafe hopping, doing my work at different cafes. So I've gone to like over 30 cafes in Taiwan, probably. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, And you know, I also started eating alone, which is like this weird, crazy thing to me, you know, going mm-hmm. to a restaurant and asking, oh, do you wait, you wait. <laughs> um, and yeah, so sitting at tables alone and trying not to like hide myself in my phone and shrink myself because really no one really is looking at you. It's just all in your head. Yeah. But eating alone was something I tried out. Going to cafes alone, going shopping alone were all things that I learned to do this year. <laughs> And in the beginning, it must have been felt a little awkward, right? It was a little awkward, yeah. And how long did it take before you went into the next phase? Maybe like a month. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. It was pretty fast, especially because I was planning different things in my day every day. And it wasn't like I wasn't doing anything. I also took Chinese classes. I was tutoring, meeting up with friends. Right. Um, And working on this podcast? Yeah. Working on this podcast was the biggest thing I did at cafes. Uh Um, And yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. So now, you know, for to describe how you feel now, mm-hmm. uh, knowing that you can be by yourself, knowing that you're com- you can be comfortable with yourself. Mm. I mean, how does that help you in your future as you go back to life in the states? I think especially for college, it's so important to know who you are without other people because I feel like mm. you can be influenced by so many different other people that you f- maybe forget who you are when you're surrounded by so many other people. Mm. And it's just like being grounded, knowing yourself without all of these external influences and knowing your own values, your own personality, your morals. And it's okay to explore in college, but also just know who you are inside at the end of the day. Mm. Yeah. There's this book called um, The Lonely Century, Coming Together in the World That is Pulling Apart, mm. which is a book um, written by Nor- uh, Norina Hertz. And it actually talks about during... The, this um, COVID time, actually, we have to learn because a lot of people are actually working alone. Mm-hmm. A lot of people, a lot of things are actually becoming alone, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and you have to kind of embrace that and and learn how to do that. So yeah. you're having a crash course on that. Mm. Yeah, it does help you get a better sense of self and also reflect on yourself, become more introspective when mm-hmm. you're alone. I, I feel like Summer is now graduating, and now she's you know she's going off to Harvard, right? <laughs> and we are entering that. Now, because we're entering lockdown. Yeah. As we record this episode, which is on May uh, 18th. 2021. Right? 2021. We're recording this, right? Mm-hmm. And, and now I mean, people feel, I, I sense a lot of anxiety. Mm-hmm. I sense a lot of yes, uh, yes. people don't know what's going on. People don't know how many people truly are infected here in Taipei. Mm-hmm. And uh, we, we, we feel like we're, you know, braving ourselves, like going out into like, you know, this 12 monkeys kind of you know, yeah. post-apocalyptic kind of world just by meeting here, mm-hmm. you yes. know? I mean, driving through usually takes me, what, like 20 minutes to get here? It took me like, like 15, not even. Yes. There's no cars on the road. Yes, I mean, um, in the Xingyi district, right now there's like nobody. Yeah, it's empty. It's the pictures empty. I see online. It's weird. Yes. It's like- and, then, and then you go to the uh, depart- uh, supermarket or like Costco, everything is gone. Yeah. I can't. Yeah. It's, it's, and it, of course... Toilet paper is gone. <laughs> right, oh, people are back to hoarding toilet paper. <laughs> the psychology of toilet paper. We could, we could do a future episode on this. Seriously, it's, it's so irrational. People, people really value their toilet paper. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. And here is instant noodles as well. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. I went to the supermarket yesterday and all of them were gone. Just gone. Yeah, no more right. ramen. <laughs> <laughs> it's yep. like, what if you get all the instant noodles, you come back home and there's like no water. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> or, or or you get like a frozen meal. You come back and the and the lights turn out. You, there's no electricity, which no. has happened twice yes. Yes. in the past week. No electricity, no water, no vaccine, and we're in COVID. Okay, that's uh. Taiwan right now, <laughs> but we're still very very positive. Mm-hmm. So we're so we're leaving. We're leaving this historical document, which is kind of how our whole podcast got started. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And. Um, and now we have Summer, who's going back to the States. And also, it, it, it gives me great pleasure to say that now we can actually hand off our baby uh, to, summer. to Summer. Yes. And this show is actually going to Boston, Massachusetts. Mm-hmm. Going to, actually, not Boston, Cambridge, Cambridge Massachusetts. Yes. yes. Yeah. To Harvard. Yes, yeah. I'm super happy to say that I will be taking between here and there back to school with me, um, continuing topics that were talked about in the future in the past, mm-hmm. but also bringing new perspectives, like um, talking more about 
you know, Harvard students and their struggles, um, hearing about different people who've already graduated and are in different industries, mm-hmm. um, and talking more about mental health, talking mm-hmm. about Asian American identity, um, and and more. And I'm mm. super excited to explore these topics going forward. And, and you know, one of the things I gotta say, you know, between the first time that I met Summer, mm-hmm. when we did, which was when we did the interview, <laughs> right, and now, yes, is that. You know, when I first met you, and I thought, wow, you know, here's this girl that's like so put together. <laughs> you know, she's like expert on time management. She's so efficient. <laughs> she And she knows what she wants out of life. You know, she's just giving these great answers. Like, boom, 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 boom. And I remember like like leaving this interview, just be like, wow, like, like wh- where was I when I was 18, no. 18? I did't know what the hell I was doing, right? Yeah, I, I kind of want to say that... Um, because Summer came to live with us for about a month, right? Yeah. I think, I think we destroyed Summer. No, no, I think no. We broke, I think we broke the Harvard girl. No, no, no. <laughs> you know, yeah. And, and, and then, obviously, then we started working together, right? Because yeah. you were also, I have to say, thank you for being very proactive yes. about it. Yes. Right. So when we were just getting the show off the ground, mm-hmm. they were like, oh, you know. Um, and our, our intern at the time was great, Harper. I really thank her for yeah. for everything that she yes. did with the pre-interviews, lining up the guests, everything like that. Uh, but at the same time, you know, there was just a little bit too much work to do. Yeah. And you stepped in. You said, "All right, we we need to get a social media program going. All right, we need an Instagram account. All right, we need this. We yeah. need that. Yeah. And mm-hmm. we need some cover art for the for yeah, the show." She did the art. So all the artwork's done by Summer as well. On yes. The show. <laughs> yeah. So like boom, boom, boom. You know, it's like there's a checklist, and the checks they were just being checked, and it just increased this this respect that I have for like this, you know, this Harvard girl, you know, like, wow, you know, she's got it all going on. And then, you know, then we started working more closely together. You also as a host, right? An assistant host on the show and a regular voice on the show. Mm-hmm. And I remember there was, a, there was a, a turning point in which we started talking more about, you know, our, uh, our stories of growing up mm. and our stories of, you know, um, the things, you know, how we felt about being Asian, you know, about uh, mm-hmm. even imposter syndrome. There was yeah. even one particular mm-hmm. episode. Yes. Also one of our um, best, um, most, most listened, most listened most to. Most yeah, listened we have one of our yeah. best yeah. numbers on that yeah. episode. And a lot mm-hmm. of people really, really resonated with that. And including, you know, I was surprised to hear that even you had it. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. We started to learn um, the vulnerable side of of, of summer yeah. she's always such a happy and then such a very energetic and go-getter right yeah but then, just like her name right it's yeah. like summer it's all yeah. sunny 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 sunshine yeah. and it all started with like these episodes and then the epi epipens and, and then, then the epipens and then and then mosquitoes yes and I, the mosquitoes. Uh, she's allergic to taiwanese uh, yes. mosquitoes and taiwanese mosquitoes love summer mm-hmm. <laughs> i've been to the er a few times because of mosquitoes oh jeez. <laughs> Wow. Yes. When I got summer, when, when summer first came to live with me, hmm. she was in like the, I, I think I can see this girl being like crushed, you know, yeah. like she's like, I want to go home so badly. I'm so sad. I'm physically unwell, like emotionally not well. I mean, I mean, it's like, she was like just crushed. <laughs> yeah. It just wow. shows you like, I feel like the way I present myself on the outside is like pretty put together, blah, 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 blah. And yeah, I definitely have a lot of vulnerabilities and I'm happy to have gotten to share them on the show with you guys. You yes. know, and even in that show where you edited your own interview. <laughs> and <laughs> do you remember, 
Do you remember my advice to you as you were sending yes. off to, to, yes. to edit it? You were like, don't touch it that much. Just, yeah. Yeah, just leave it. Just leave it. And I ended up like cutting out every single time I said a filler word and I sent it back to you and you're like, what is this, Summer? Like, why is half the show cut out? I was like, oh, oh I just didn't like it. I was stupid. I sounded like unintelligent. No, no, and, 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 and Summer would call me like, I don't like my voice on the show. Can you give me a voice code? I'm like, wow. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. you know, I gotta say, I, you're still summer as I know you, right? But now it's like I, 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 I don't know if it's just me, but you come off as so much um, more natural. Also, you know, now we're just on air, we're hanging out, and you can be more authentically the whole you. Yeah. And I wonder if that is also the process of you having shared your vulnerabilities and some of you know the. These things over the air. Absolutely, yeah. I think being open and vulnerable is so important when you're sharing your start your mm -hmm. stories, because if people only see one side of you, then they they just only have this singular perspective of you. It's very unilateral, um, and even in the beginning, you're like. With, with her time management episode, you're like, Summer is this time management guru. <laughs> She's so good at all these things. And I felt a little imposter syndrome when you said that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm just giving you like, you know. I, yeah, it's, it's, it's for the show, right? Yes. You got to put you on that pedestal. Right, so that you right, have right. to defend yourself. <laughs> right. But yeah, I mean, I sure I am productive and sure I, I am high achieving, but I also have my vulnerabilities and times when the, I don't feel. I that. think the best episode is the body image one. Yes. Because that one, you really, actually, it was a conversation we had b before. Mm -hmm. And you talked about your relationship with food and your body image. Yeah. And then, and then, like, actually, like, you're saying that how you grew up with, like, very healthy food. And then you came to live with us and realized that we eat a lot of junk food in our house. <laughs> and I always tell my children that you guys are ruining summer. No. Summer's eating all these healthy food. That's why she went to Harvard. No. So, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. It really is all about balance. And yeah, I, I think that episode was a great opportunity for me to be the most vulnerable that I have been on the show. And um, yeah, it was just, a, I think over, over the past eight months, I've gotten increasingly vulnerable every single episode mm -hmm. and more comfortable doing it. Yeah. Like, mm -hmm. The first episode, I could not even have imagined talking about my struggles with you know body image and eating. Mm -hmm. And the last episode, I shared so candidly about it. And mm -hmm. you know, yeah. and, and I have to say that that episode was really, it originated with Summer and she you know just took the helm on that, yes. right? And came up with all the pre-show notes, our outlines. And yes, our interviews do have outlines. <laughs> I, know that, I know sometimes they'll You're sound like they don't. The audience is totally surprised. <laughs> yes, it is. You, you guys have structure? <laughs> But we do. And, and, you know, Summer just took care of that, you know. So I think, really, I'm so happy to see that over the past eight months, you went from being an interviewee, and you're a very good interviewee, to now being able to share your vulnerabilities. And that, I think, will make you a good host going forward. Thank you. But do, do you feel that, because we talked about how going through the college process, like applying, applying to college and everything, um, that you have to be a certain way. And that now that you have a whole gap year to kind of explore yourself, these are the areas that you never had to do uh, when you were applying to college. Because in college, you, you always want to show the best side of you mm -hmm. because you want to get into the best college. Mm -hmm. But now that you had the whole year to actually see who is really Summer Shen. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. 
yeah, life is so much more than just your achievements on paper. You're, 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 you yourself as a human being, you're so multifaceted. You're made up of your emotions, your relationships, your success in an academic sense too, um, and your career. And I think for me, the emphasis on my gap year was that I focused on myself and mm. becoming more in tune with emotions. I even started seeing a therapist this year, which helped me talk about things. Mm. Um, and yeah, figuring out myself as cliche as it sounds. It's so cliche. Everyone's like, oh, you, you, we take this time to work in, on ourselves and improve ourselves. But it's really what I did. Mm -hmm. That is the definition of a gap year. Yeah. That's what you do mm -hmm. is you're on this track of life and you decide that, you know what, I'm going to take a pause on this track and, yeah. and, and explore something else, either an alternative or be by myself for a while and just think about things. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Steve Jobs took, took a gap year. He went to India, right? Mm -hmm. Some of it's like uh, the Beatles. They all did, like, yeah. they went there to try to find their own soul. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of times we compare ourselves to other people who are taking gap years because I see other people having like intense internships for like the U.S. Congress or like doing like charity work and you know sure that's like very very productive use of their time but for me like it's less like I have things like bullet points I can put on my resume and it's more just like self-improvement which I think is equally as important even though mm -hmm. I don't have like 10 things to list on my resume. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. So Summer do you have any questions for us? Yes. I, I do want to talk about how you guys started with the show because we wouldn't be here without, you know, the start of it and you guys. And I wasn't there in the beginning, so I want to hear that story. Yeah. Well, Summer came in about, the, what, the second or third month that we started doing it, right? Yes. 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 Oh, well, yeah. Charlotte, no. well, how, where, where do we talk? Where do we begin? Well, I think, I think it's, um, it was pretty obvious for me because I have one kid that's a junior in college and then a, a kid is applying to college. Mm -hmm. And then I'm just like, wow, this whole COVID thing. I mean, it's just really, I think it, I feel sorry for them because like this is supposed to be the best time of your life, going to college or, or applying to college. You know, this is like the time you're finally going to be independent from your parents. Mm. And all of a sudden that's taken away. My daughter didn't want to come back. She was like crying. She's like, I want to be with my friends if it's the end of the world. I don't want to be with my parents. I want to come, you know. And so I was thinking, and all these kids are doing these midnight classes. And I think just crazy. I mean, I mean, we interviewed some kids that like are doing classes from 10 at night to like four or five in the morning. Mm -hmm. I just think that is so crazy. And then mm. I, I went to Shren and go, hey, we got to do something for these kids, right? Mm. And, and then this is like totally a crazy idea, but I cannot believe Shren actually thought it's a, cra cra it's a great idea too, right? <laughs> I, I always remember that that day. <laughs> we were at the Meifu Fan Dian. Yeah, it was raining. It was, it was raining. It was pouring. It was one of those like crazy summer you know downpour yes, right so yes. and and we were having uh afternoon tea with uh cindy teeter yeah a tas counselor cindy yes and talking about exactly what you were talking about yeah. and what these kids are going through mm -hmm. and in my mind you know i've always been interested in people's stories mm -hmm. and i feel like this is a generation with a collective story and a memory that really needs to be captured mm -hmm. And also that uh, for these kids, each of them taking these online courses, I'm imagining they're doing it in their own home. Mm -hmm. And they're probably feeling a little uh, lonely, even though they're yes. living with their parents. Yes. You know, their, their home is late at night and they got to be on this computer and they're missing out on the college experience mm -hmm. and all of these things. And when I put myself into that state, like, wow, what if my college started off like this? Yes. I would think I would need a big dose of optimism and resilience. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
And it was those two words that kind of, you know, was in my mind when I heard you talking about it. Mm -hmm. That just, and it was a little voice that just said, do it. And I just, and I thought, you know, hey, you know, let, let, let's do it. Let's, let's do a podcast about this. Yeah. 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 And it, this is like three seasons later. Yeah. <laughs> we, we evolved from interviewing college students about their gap year experience to talking about really, really cool topics. Mm-hmm. And it's, yeah. And it was really funny because at the beginning, it took us like very long time to do one episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. And then yeah. we had to like, we had to like edit like a lot. Yes, it took me forever to edit one episode. <laughs> and then to the part we like, we made it into like a point like we finished within an hour and we don't edit at all. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Because yeah. now we have an outline. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we get two episodes knocked out in a day and I can edit now in probably one and a half hours. Yeah. You know, yeah. And just to, to take our listeners through this journey, right? In the beginning, I, I, I come into this thing with quite a few years of experience in radio. Yes. Right. But never really having done podcasts before either. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, you know, got to say thanks to our sponsors. You know, and right in the beginning, we had we had sponsors, right? And yes. then we also... Um, uh, we also have sponsorship for our equipment. Equipment, yeah. Yeah, and everything. So we had all the hardware was in place. All the things that needed to be there was in place, right? Yeah. But it was like starting off with anything. There was a lot of theorizing to be uh-huh. uh-huh. right? A lot of like, whoa, we just do this. Like this. It, it, I felt it, like we're like, it was like two architects, yeah, like yeah, two yeah. beginning architects looking at a piece of land. Like, we could build this thing here. Like making a lot of hand gestures yeah, and like yeah, motions. Yeah, yeah. And stuff, right? mm-hmm. But when you start to actually do it, that's when you start climbing the learning curve yes mm-hmm. and it's yes. been a real learning process yes. for us right, yes Charlotte? it's well first of all I had to thank like Liu Xuan because at the beginning I didn't think I was going to host this show at all because I just I'm like totally happy to be, be the producer and like bringing in the guests and you know which is what I was doing right I would go to like Tame Fox and start talking to strangers go hi are you from the states oh would you like to come up to our show <laughs> yeah. like I, I felt like this like really creepy person yeah, right? with Nina you met her at Tame <laughs> yeah. Fox yeah yeah Nina like was a person that I just go we were waiting for a Tame Fox and I go hey you know are you from the states would you like to come talk to like us on our show she's like are you legit <laughs> is this a scam <laughs> yeah I started like interviewing people around me and like you know I would like call my friends and go hey we really like to talk to your uh, kids you know about you know college and stuff you know so we started with that you know right. and I didn't mm-hmm. think I was gonna actually be hosting as well mm-hmm. and this is like my first time ever doing this and you're great at it yeah, yeah. well you know it's, it's a learning it was a learning curve at the beginning I was like the ocean's like parrot, right? He would say something. I'm like, oh yeah, do 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 do. It was like first few episodes. Right hand like man, that. just yeah, the hype yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, but- if you listen to my first few episodes, basically, like you know, Shane would say something. I'd be like, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> what he said. What he said. <laughs> you know what? I I was when I started off hosting, I was in the same exact position as Charlotte. You know, and uh, and uh, I also started off pretty much just repeating what the the, the main host was like. Saying. You're like an echo. <laughs> yes. Yeah, and th- and then eventually I kind of figured out that well, you know what, we we both have something to talk about because we have the show, right? And we have the show notes, and we have our main topic and theme, and now we have an outline, mm-hmm. so we know that that for us is one person starts leading it this way, like, oh, I know where this is going, and then. You just add in something to also just kind of help it along in that direction, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, and that's and and eventually, you know, and, and more and more. And now we just, 
Oh, we had chemistry to begin with. That's why we started doing the show. Because yeah. we're friends, right? Yeah. And we like yeah. really nerdy things. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> but I, I could I could I nerded out much more with your daughter. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I really like how our show we actually are the topics that we're doing are very, very current, yeah. I think. Yeah. Like yes. for instance, the college, um, uh, the Operation college varsity blues. Yeah, yeah. the admission um, scandal. I thought that was very, very current. Mm-hmm. We talked about like you know what's happening um, with um, uh, college application during the COVID time. You mm-hmm. know because you know I actually have a kid going through yeah. um, the whole process, and we had like Rocket mm-hmm. Admit came to talk to us and yeah. stuff. Right. You know, right? Yeah, yeah, I think what's been so great about the show is we've had such a diverse range of topics but i think each one of them are so interesting like i would want to listen to every single one of those episodes even though they're about kind of different things like college application mm-hmm. um generalization versus specialization mm-hmm. se- mental health body you know it's yeah. all different but yeah. i think our listeners have resonated with our episodes and that's also been a shift because in the beginning yes. we were capturing personal stories yes and one of also our missions in the beginning was to also let other let our listeners know about all these different majors different these, schools mm. different yes. majors different areas right mm. and right. how how they did um, online learning right yep. yes. you know like people that are in like medical school how they're doing like mm-hmm. maybe dissections um, online yes <laughs> or like mm-hmm. chemi- like they're doing like lab work yeah. online. right yeah. right and we're still going to do that or I'm still going to do that when I go back to the US and when I'm bringing it back but what made you guys want to switch it to more of a topic oriented show in season two mm, mm. I remember the, the meetings that yeah, we had, we had that where, we, where we determined that yes right. yeah, because I think we were kind of done with recording personal stories yes. and then I think it's better to actually uh, come out and find the uh, the the the, the, the problem first the topic first and then have people guest people speak on it rather than the episode being focused on the guest yes and if i remember correctly actually the idea came from you <laughs> and and harper and people you know the the younger folks you know uh, involved with the show in the beginning mm-hmm. because we were like well what would you guys want to listen to because you are our ideal audience and we yes. made the show for you know, for yeah. college. Yeah, you're our age. TA. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And so, so that's when, you know, imposter syndrome came out. That's when Easter versus Western parenting came out, mm-hmm. right? We still have, like, the list of topic brainstorming. Yeah. Yes. On yeah. My phone. yeah, yeah. But you're our TA, but actually we have a lot of, lot of um, uh, audience that are parents. Parents, yes. And it, it was, like, so exciting when we start getting, like, fan mails, you know? Yeah. A lot of people are actually, like, recommending their uh, friends. They're like, oh, these people can come on the show, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, we, we would have interviewed all of them, but then we really have like a very limited like um, amount of episodes for every season right so thank you so much for like our audience that actually wrote to us it really means a lot you yes. know mm-hmm. every single comment means so much to us we read all of them yes, yes we-, we read all of them yes <laughs> and and thanks and I have to say thanks so much for all the students who participated in yes, our show, yes. you know, since the beginning. I remember our first, our very first time recording was with Laurent Shah. Laurent, yes. Yes, and Laurent is, it's actually his episode number six. I'm looking at the list right uh-huh, here. Uh-huh. Yeah, he wasn't even the first one that's, that aired. Yeah. The first one that aired, that was Spark. Uh-huh, yeah, Spark. Right. He, he goes to University of Michigan and he's Wuhan studying. He, yeah, Music he's also, technology or music, musical engineering. Yeah, and he talks about yeah. like how mouse, uh, you can make music with uh, the brainwave of a mouse. Mouse, right. <laughs> 
Yes. I think that's so cool. It's, it's, it's very nerdy stuff that was cool nerdy stuff. And then, you know, we followed it up with uh, Charlotte's daughter, Claudia. Mm-hmm. And we nerded out about uh, all sorts of you know, Japanese anime yeah. and, uh, and, and K-pop and things that she's really into. Yes. Mm-hmm. And her as a film major. Mm-hmm. It was a great, uh, great interview. Mm-hmm. And then we had Nina. Right, yeah. Nina Yang. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, follow also, uh, and then summer was uh, episode yeah. four, mm-hmm. and then we have uh, Ashley. Yeah, she goes to Berkeley School of Music. Uh huh. She's a yep. cellist, but switched. She, yeah, she switched. Yep. Yeah, she took a U turn in life. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you, drawing that cello for her her picture was a little hard. <laughs> it took me a while. <laughs> never drew a cello before. Yeah, yeah never drew a cello before. <laughs> yeah. And then we have Laurent. Yeah. Who you know was our first recorded guest mm-hmm. and. He talked about while well, being like a biochem mm-hmm. kind of major, right? And you then know, doing, he, he was so stressed out. I yeah. yeah, because he, he yeah. tried to do so much. He doesn't know what's happening, so he tried to do too much. So yeah. he talks about shaman. Yeah. And that episode is actually kind of the inspiration for making our podcast more topic oriented. Mm. Because we were like, oh, shaman, this is like a great topic. And in future episodes, we can make it more topic oriented. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You, it's like we talk about like how you had a roadmap. In life, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden, mm-hmm. t- and then something happened, mm-hmm. yes. and then you don't know what to do anymore. It's like mm-hmm. who moved my cheese, right? <laughs> and then, and then, and what do you do? So you start like filling up things with your time because mm-hmm. you don't right. know it's you don't know what to do, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, right, yeah. And that was followed up with with Kate, yeah, right. Uh, Kate, service, she, the oh, love of but service. But Kate, Kate, Kate was aired much later, though. Yeah, yeah. And then we have two, Jeffrey yes. and Andrea, yes, yeah. from undergrads in Taipei. Yeah, yep. They started this group, kind of where people would get together, and it was a Facebook group, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. And, pe- and people that were just like summer, you know, coming mm-hmm. back from abroad, COVID mm-hmm. refugees would actually find uh, advice and mm-hmm. support with each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, then, yes, then we have Kate. We also, that's when we started going into the more thematic base. Yes, yes. after Kate's episode. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yes. That's right. Yes. And then since then, we talked about imposter syndrome. We talked about time management, uh, Eastern versus Western parenting. We, we uh, interviewed Audrey Wang. Yeah. Was also, you know, gave us this. Uh, she was going back. She was one should of the early or, returners. So she goes, should I stay or should I go? And then um, she she goes to Pratt. She's starting architecture, but she just couldn't like the the the, uh, the workload was just too big for her. She mm-hmm. just couldn't take it. And then mm-hmm. she's like doing the midnight classes, and her hair's falling out. So <laughs> she decided that she had to go back. And mm-hmm. you know, that was probably the right decision based on what's going on right now. Yeah, yeah. yeah I saw pictures yes. of her today, and she's like really happy. She's still wearing masks in New York, but mm-hmm. you know, she's living like normal life. You know, right. Mm-hmm. So here we are. Wow. You know, this is, uh, it, it, it certainly passed by very fast. Yeah. And I'm looking at the recording dates of all of these files. And, and it seems like uh, our first ones were way back in November of yeah. last year. Yeah. Right. So, you know, what we should talk about is we should talk about what's next for everybody. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. So what's, what's next? What's next for you, Summer? What's next for me? I'm going back tomorrow, May 19th, mm-hmm. um, and going to hang out with my family, do a little bit of traveling if it's safe to do so once I get vaccinated. And then I'm going off to school. Um, I'm going to start my first year at Harvard and continue with the podcast. Uh, well, over the summer, I'm going to continue interviewing some people that I think have interesting stories to share. And then once I get to Harvard, hopefully going to interview a lot of my classmates to hear their perspectives as well. Um, as well as people who are not in college anymore to hear about the different industries like we talked about. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, I'm just super excited to be continuing the podcast. You're starting, you're starting in September or in August? 
End of August. End of August. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you said you want to like interview Hudson Yang. <laughs> <laughs> That's one of the, let's manifest the Hudson Yang on the podcast. Do you guys know who Hudson Yang is from well, Fresh no, Off the yes. Boat? Yes, yes we all do. Boat. Yeah, we're letting his name float out there <laughs> right Yang, now. If you're yeah. listening, if you're not listening, but, uh, <laughs> please come on our podcast. <laughs> and so, because it, our show is called Between Here and There, uh, we ultimately we all talk about identity, identity right? Is because. A huge thing. If why it's called between here and there is because we had these kids that were stuck between Taiwan and the states, so mm-hmm. you know, or or Europe, and and now uh, now that we're taking the show over to the states, we're still going to continue exploring these, these uh, themes of identity, mm-hmm. themes of what I'm going to do with my life, mm-hmm. and you mm-hmm. know, themes of self exploration. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, mm-hmm. yes. And I'm so excited. We are as well. But I am going to miss you guys, and it is such a bittersweet moment right now Aww. that we're ending the podcast yeah. with you guys true. in it. But we're, yeah. we're going to see each other somewhere between here and there. <laughs> <laughs> you like that? Mar- you like oh, that? yeah. I like how you dropped that in. <laughs> awesome. Yes. So, you know, we're always around anytime that you need any help. And also a big thanks for our listeners that have followed us so far. And you know what? This is just the 1.0 of our show. Yes. Or we say 1.5, you know, we've did a little yes. shift and now we're going to the 2.0. So one of the things that you can do for us right now is just hit that subscribe button, you know, mm-hmm. hit that subscribe button. Or as like Uncle Roger says, Uncle hit, Ra- hit that subscribe button like your parents <laughs> used to hit you. <laughs> <laughs> and that is not racist just, at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah so just go okay, listen to our Asian. Eastern versus Western. <laughs> Yes, yeah. hit that subscribe button and please leave us a review. Tell us how you like it. And you yeah. know what? I promise you, 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 you subscribe to us and you're going to hear a lot more great stuff, especially if you're college aged. And now you're going to hear from all sorts of different you know, college voices, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And exploring identity with people that are going through that right now. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and we really like to hear from all of our audience. Maybe you can give us some ideas like how should the, um, the show go, which direction, what yes, kind of topics. Yes, we'd love to hear what you think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. So um, all of our channels, our media channels, new media channels mm-hmm. will still be open. Mm-hmm. Right? And we welcome any and all comments. Yes. You know, leave us a uh, fan mail. Mm-hmm. Oh, right? also yeah. one thing is the the title of this episode is yes. The Story of Us. And yes. it's like one of my favorite Taylor Swift songs off of her third album, Speak yeah. Now. And in, in the song, after each verse, she says, next chapter. And at the end of the song, she says, the end. And although this might be the end of this chapter, you know, we're going on to the next chapter uh-huh. of the show. So, uh-huh. yes. I yes. think that's when we should say next chapter. Mm-hmm. Next chapter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> next chapter. Yes. Thank you all for listening. This has been a great episode of Between Here and There. Until the next time, next chapter. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs>